Hello, I'm Jesse Walls from Eagle Hawk Presbyterian Church. We're a church seeking to make disciple-making disciples of Jesus. Thank you to Life FM for continuing to host us. Today, as we look to God's Word, our reading is Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45. So you can begin looking that up now. And while you're getting that ready, I'll pray, asking God to bless us as we read and consider his word, read the passage, and then we'll go to the sermon. And so let's pray. Our God, we are filled with joy as we come to your word and rejoice in what you have done for us by sending Jesus. Give us ready hearts to receive your word, to rejoice, and to be filled with wonder at the gospel. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now let's read Luke 1, verses 39 to 45. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Joy to the world. Every year we hear that song sung with gusto. We hear it in the shops, on the radio, in Christmas movies, if you like to watch those. And we'll sing it as a church on Christmas Day. Joy to the world. This is meant to be the season of joy, of merrymaking, of laughter and parties and gift giving and receiving, of family and men in red suits and big white beards. But we know that for many people, this isn't a time of joy, but of stress, fights, guilt, depression, and despair. It means the annual forced gathering with family you can never seem to get along with. It means gnawing guilt and heartache as you and your children sleep in a car, unable to afford a place to live, let alone presents. It means another year has passed, and nothing has changed, nothing's gotten better. For others, it's the sad reality that you're separated from the one you love on a day which should be full of joy. Maybe they're serving in the armed forces, they're on duty in the emergency services, they're overseas, and they couldn't get back in time because it was a comedy of errors and flights kept being cancelled. But, here's the promise. Even if your Christmas is full of sadness and frustration and guilt because of your circumstances and relationships, it can also be full of joy. A joy not based on you and what you're experiencing, but based on what happened all those years ago. No matter what you're experiencing, you can leap for joy at Jesus' coming. Remember, Mary's had an incredible experience. An angel has appeared to her, telling her that even though she was a virgin, she would conceive and give birth to a son. 
a son who'd be the son of the Most High, who'd reign on the throne of his ancestor, King David, and who'd be God himself, the incarnate deity. Imagine Mary's shock, blown away by the fact that, of all people, she's the one who's been chosen. She's the one who'd be the mother of the Christ, of God-made flesh. This isn't like the AFL draft, where you've got prime athletes who've worked hard all their lives for a chance to play elite footy, who've worked their way up in the local leagues to the state league and and finally to the national league. It's not like an election, where the politicians have worked hard to sell themselves to the public, to spruik their qualifications and their politics and policies, and, and who've been trying desperately to show why their opponent should definitely not receive your vote. They have their phone glued to them, waiting to hear how they've gone. They know they're in the running, and they're longing to hear whether it's a yes or no. But Mary wasn't looking for this. She doesn't give a cheer like the supporting crowds do when their person has won the election. She hears this incredible news, and with humility said to the angel in verse 38, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And she races off to see Elizabeth, her elderly relative, to see the impossible thing that God has done for her, giving her a child in her old age. The angel told her about Elizabeth, so that Elizabeth would act like a sign of God's promise and power. God knows how frail we are. We hear his promise and and we believe, but it's helpful to have more than just our ears engage with the promise. And so God gave Elizabeth, like he gives us baptism and the Lord's Supper, promising that the gospel really does wash us clean, that Jesus really did die for sin. And when Mary arrives, there's joy. It's hard to know whose joy to start with because they're both tied together. But let's start with John's joy. Verses 39 to 41. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did she say? How did she interpret this leaping? And given she was filled with the Holy Spirit, this is really God's interpretation of what happened. Verse 44, For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. This is John the Baptist, six months in the womb. The angel Gabriel told his father, Zechariah, even before he was conceived, that he'd make ready for the Lord a people prepared. His life would be spent pointing people to Jesus, getting people ready for Jesus. And before he's even taken a breath, while he's still in the womb, he's already begun. Through his reaction to Mary's voice, his mother, his first audience, comes to understand who Jesus is. And his reaction is joy. He leaps in the womb. He doesn't give his mama punch in the kidneys because he's so jealous at who Jesus is. 
He didn't stamp on her bladder to distract her from who'd just walked in the door. He didn't fall asleep, as though nothing was happening. No, if he had the ability, he'd be singing out, so all could hear, Joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room. Even in the womb of Elizabeth, he'd prepared his heart for Jesus, who by then might have been a few days, possibly a week old, in Mary's womb. Now, it's not the main point of the passage, and it's not what this sermon is about, but I don't want to let this moment go by without mentioning something about what this means for the abortion debate. You see, earlier this year, the United States Supreme Court overruled Roe v. Wade, the horrible decision from 1973 which invented a constitutional right to abortion in that country, meaning the states couldn't make laws to outlaw it. But now, almost 50 years later, it's overruled. The states have the power to make whatever laws on abortion they want. And when that came out, there were lots of articles and discussion online and in the news about abortion. Lots of pro-abortion arguments being made, trying to challenge and dismiss pro-life arguments. One article I read was from an associate professor of New Testament studies at a theological college in Australia, and he argued that the Bible was silent on abortion. It made no argument either way on the value and personhood of the unborn, and he said that trying to use John the Baptist's reaction here to argue against abortion was ridiculous. Now, he's got more letters after his name than I do. He's much more impressive academically. But he's wrong. Luke describes John as a baby. Not a potential baby. Not something that will start to be a living human sometime in the future. This is a baby. And it's the same word that he uses later on when he says that infants were being brought to Jesus so that he would touch them. The same word is used for babies in the womb as outside the womb. Now, there's no easy way to talk about abortion because it's such an emotional issue. But if you've had an abortion or pressured someone to get an abortion, there's two things you need to hear. And the first thing will be hard and you'll be tempted to shut off and not listen to anything else. But hang in there. Because like some medicines, it'll be a bitter pill to swallow, but you need it to be made well. First, you need to recognise that you have committed a sin against someone made in God's image. You've sinned against your own child of infinite value. That was a real baby, your baby. You need to know that it was wrong. If you don't already, you need to feel the conviction of sin. Accept the work of the Holy Spirit who exposes our sin and tells us that we need to repent and turn from it. God hates abortion because every child in the womb is someone made in his image. He hasn't given us the right to take their life for our convenience, for our job or study, or because we didn't feel ready and we're unwilling to give the child up for adoption. 
Children are a gift. And if we can't take care of them, or if we're unwilling to take care of them, the right thing to do is to give the child to someone who can. Abortion is a terrible sin. But the second thing you need to hear is that it's not the unforgivable sin. Maybe you're feeling terrible because you feel like your sin is being thrown in your face right now. But you have the opportunity now to leap for joy. Just like John did in his mother's womb, you can leap for joy because Jesus has come. When both John and Jesus have grown up, while John is baptising people in the Jordan River, Jesus came by and John pointed him out and said to everyone, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You can be forgiven. This is true whether you've had an abortion, committed adultery, watched porn, yelled at your kids, disobeyed your parents, Whatever it is that's consuming you with guilt, you can be forgiven. Because the child of Mary, the Lord Jesus Christ, came to bring forgiveness, to die for sinners like you. Even while you feel guilty, you can leap for joy at Jesus' coming because he was the perfect spotless lamb, the sacrifice. Before Jesus came, God was preparing his people for what he'd do, giving them clues and categories to understand his work. When the people before Jesus sinned, they'd need to bring an animal to the temple and put their hands on its head. It was as though the animal was acting like a sponge, soaking up all the people's sin. If you could put on special glasses to see the the filth of sin on someone's soul, you would see it draining from the person to the animal. But that was only a picture, a teaching tool, pointing to the day when it would actually happen, when the true sacrifice would willingly go to the cross and soak up all of the sin of those who'd believe in him, when Jesus uh, would bear his people's guilt and face the fierce anger of God for our sins. Have you leaped for joy? Have you experienced the love of God by receiving the forgiveness he offers? Kids, you're probably going to be opening presents soon. You'll get things which look like lots of fun. Maybe things you've wanted for a long time. You might see family you haven't seen for a while. Eat a whole lot of special food. I hope your Christmas is a lot of fun. But I want you to remember something even more important than the fun you're going to have. I want you to remember that even when you're feeling bad, you can have joy. Even when you're feeling guilty because you've done something wrong. Even when you're feeling lonely. Even when you're disappointed because you didn't get everything you wanted or someone said something mean. No matter what happens to you, you can have joy. Because this joy isn't based on what's happening around you, the fun you're having, the presents you're getting. This joy is based on what Jesus did for you. He was born and he went to the cross so you could be God's child, God's friend. So you'd know that no matter what you've done or how you're feeling, you are loved, welcomed, accepted. 
And if you're trusting in Jesus, nothing can take that away. You can leap for joy at Jesus coming, just like John did. But it's not just John who's full of joy. Let's see Elizabeth's joy now. Verse 41, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfilment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Again, did you notice there's no jealousy? Elizabeth is the older woman. She's normally expected to be the more important in the relationship. She could have been jealous of Mary, that her child was going to be the more significant. Elizabeth's son was the one promised who would come in the spirit of Elijah, but Mary's was the son of the Most High, God the Son himself. You can imagine the possibilities, the competition. One mother trying to subtly brag that her child won the best and fairest award that year in his footy team. Another mother dropping it into the conversation that her child is the star in the school band. Another one mentions that her daughter is skipping a year level at school because she's so brilliant. They don't want their children to be outdone by anyone else's. But when Elizabeth hears Mary's voice and feels John leap for joy, so does she. No competition, only joy and wonder that she'd be privileged enough to have Mary come through her door to see her. Not because Mary is worthy of worship or veneration in herself, but because of the child she's carrying. You might recognise some of what Mary says from the Hail Mary prayer that Catholics say. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, they say, quoting Gabriel's greeting. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. But these weren't prayers to Mary. Gabriel was giving greetings to her and saying that she'd received grace, not that she was a source of grace for others. Saying a prayer to Mary now is actually against God's law. We're not to pray to dead saints, thinking they can do anything for us, thinking that they'll bring our requests to him. We're to pray directly to God, knowing that he hears us, not because we're so good, but because Jesus, the fruit of Mary's womb, has come and taken our sin. Mary is absolutely the most blessed of women. She and she alone has borne the living God in her womb. Down through church history, the question has been asked, was Mary the mother of God? It was a question designed to test what you believed about Jesus. And the correct answer is yes. Not that Mary was divine or anything close to it, But because Jesus is God, meaning Mary is the mother of God. And Elizabeth was full of joy because the mother of her Lord had come to her. Because through the fruit of her womb, Elizabeth would be saved. Mary believed the good news from the angel, raced to see Elizabeth, 
and she's receiving blessing upon blessing for believing and submitting to God's plan. Where are you looking for joy? Will your life feel complete if you receive the right gift? If you manage to afford the right gift for your kids or for your spouse? If you can have a Christmas day without the family arguments and feuds? If you can see that loved one who's always away? Where can joy be found? Luke, in his Gospel, invites us to leap for joy. Regardless of what we're experiencing, leap for joy because something incredible has happened that your experience and feelings can't undo or take away. Leap for joy because Jesus has come. He's the Lord and he comes with salvation because he entered Mary's womb for the purpose of going to the cross. That's why he came. And if you believe that, If you've found forgiveness through him, the right response is to leap for joy. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Are you ready to leap for joy at Jesus' coming this Christmas? Let's pray. Our gracious God, you are so kind in sending Jesus and giving us reason to rejoice in a world which is so often full of trouble and heartache. Please always be reminding us of the child who was born a king, and who came to save his people. Always remind us that Jesus was born to die for sinners like us, and that in him there is fullness of joy. Give us humble hearts to receive this good news. Forgive us our sins. And give us joy in him, no matter our circumstances. In Jesus' name, Amen. I'm Jesse Wolves from Eagle Hawk Presbyterian Church, and I pray you've been blessed as you've spent this time in God's Word. And as always, if you'd like to make a comment on what you've heard today, you have a question, or you're looking for a church, then please get in contact with us. Our website is eaglehawkpc.org.au. You can also contact us through Facebook or Instagram. God bless you.